0: Welcome to an original Mind Over Matter initiative, the Make Our Voices Heard podcast, where we use a variety of platforms to speak up about mental health and all its glory, the stigmas, the stereotypes, its importance, the issues, and the plausible solutions. Everything under the sun to make your life better. Because after all, you know what they say, Mind Over Matter is the only way. It is a pleasure to have this distinguished guest who certainly does not require any introduction. He practices in the field of holistic nutrition and integrative and lifestyle medicine. He is the pioneer and founder of the U Care Wellness program that has consulted and treated over 20,000 patients across the globe with cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes, cardiovascular, autoimmune conditions, obesity, and rare metabolic syndromes. This holistic and integrative lifestyle program revolves around five fundamental pillars. Cellular nutrition, adequate exercise, quality sleep, emotional detox, and the spirit. It has now stemmed into a beautiful community with over 1 million people. Thousands of global testimonials express house-free videos, blogs, challenges, and programs have helped people reverse diabetes, lose fat, the right way, put cancers into remission and overcome suicidal tendencies to live happier lives. He's authored four bestsellers and won several national and national awards. He's also champion for lifestyle and wellness for Prime Minister Narendra Modi's Fit India movement. UK Lifestyle India's trusted sustainable e-commerce platform, co-founded by Luke, brings ethical, transparent, and honest products with farmers-first concept. He's also the founder and chief program mentor for Integrative Nutrition and Dietetics course at the Lifeness Science Institute that Skills passionate young minds. We welcome Lou Coutinho. Welcome, Lou. Over here, we have a few questions for you. Sure. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the teens suffered the most as they can confined to four walls, cut off from the real world. Some ate a lot, some slept a lot. Some took on to virtual gaming with a lot of vengeance, and some could not get their fingers off social media. What is your advice to these teens?
1: Okay, great. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Before we get into answering any questions, I just want to say up front, I don't like to sugarcoat anything. So what you're going to hear is everything that's real and raw. So to start off with the first answer for your question, you know, because there is a perception that everyone is suffering Teens are going through a hard time, children are going through a hard time, parents are, but it starts with the statement that is wrong, it's perception. So let's go back to the pandemic. All teens didn't go through that. There are many teens who handled the pandemic very well. They loved it. They took up new initiatives, hobbies. Some of them decided to look after their health, lose weight, build great lifestyles, and some of them succumbed to it the way that your question asked. A lot of them took to over excessive gaming, staying up late nights, put on weight. A lot of them got juvenile diabetes. But the point is, it is very important for us to understand that when we're talking about mental health and the mind, it's very easy for us to generalize and perception is everything. But like I said, most teens didn't go through this. It's an assumption. Many teens did, so did many adults, but many adults like many teens also found a new way of living a healthy way. So number one, it's always the context. It's always the context that matters. Like a lot of parents say that, hey, Luke, you know, my teen, my, 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 my son's become a teenager. Are you going to get the drugs? Are you going to get into mindless sex? The point is all teenagers don't do that. Some of them do, and many of them don't. So when we're talking about mental health and mind over matter today, we need to understand that it's very easy for us to put teenagers into a compartment or a box. Millennials like to be put into a box. Gen Zs, Gen Xs like to fit themselves into a box. And that's where all the problems start. Putting yourself into a box makes you think and behave like puppets. So millennials say, millennials are like this. Gen Zs are like this. Gen Xs are like that. They start to begin to think that's that's the normal way to live, which may not be the correct way to live. But when we decide to lift ourselves out of these boxes that society has defined for us, that's where we see freedom, happiness, ability to change, ability to get better, ability to move from mediocre to extraordinary, which is the birthright of every human being. So coming back to you know, the pandemic, yes, it changed the way of living. Well, in the future, there are, always, there are also going to be things that change the way of living. It's how we as human beings, as teenagers, understand that we have the ability to adapt Every second of the day and night, what's happening in your body? Your cells are adapting to pollution, to pesticides and food, the more screen time, the more social media, we're adapting. Now, if we resist the ability to adapt, we create our suffering, we create problems. At any given point, a teenager needs to understand, you are gonna grow up into a young adult and you are gonna get into the real world where you're not protected by your parents, okay, where you're not protected by your teachers, where you're out in the real world facing reality, at that point, we will also learn to adapt if we're not resisting. So the pandemic went by. Of course, we couldn't go out. We couldn't meet our friends. We couldn't do that. So we had to find new distractions. But like I said, anything that becomes a distraction is okay as long as we don't become a slave to it. So video game. But why should video game take up 9 to 10 hours of your day? Deplete you of dopamine, which further leads to mental problems and poor mental health. You can video game, but you can also make time to be in nature, to be with your parents, to be with your siblings, to talk to your friends, to read a book, to come up with a project, to find different ways to serve humanity and serve society. So video gaming is not the problem. Excessive video gaming is the problem. Social media is not the problem. Excessive, mindless social media is the problem. So now that we've come back into the real world, we have to adapt. We have to come back to real life. You've got to cut down your hours on video games. You've got to cut down your hours on social media if you want to build that extraordinary life. So it all comes down to a choice. I don't do and I don't believe in motivational talks because motivation has a shelf life. I believe in inspiration. If we as teenagers can inspire ourselves to give up a bad habit, to build a new habit, we need inspiration. How many motivational videos will we watch every day to stay motivated? So the whole point, it is the context. The pandemic was a new thing for everyone. So everyone behaved in the best way they thought was right. But we learned some of our decisions were wrong and some of our decisions were right. Now the pandemic is behind us. What we have in front of us is the present, not even the future. You, me, no one has control over the future, but what we have with us is the present. And what can we do with the present? Are we allowing the past to hold us back? Are we allowing the future to rob us of our peace and happiness of the present? No, we only have the present. Forget about what happened in the pandemic. If the pandemic caused us to overgame, you know, exercise less, sleep at odd hours, eat junk food, now it's the present. We have the opportunity and the choice to make changes. So that's gone. It's what we're gonna do in the present. Because again, it's a mental state of mind. At the same time, everyone handled it differently. Some people couldn't see their friends. Okay. So what's the big deal if we couldn't see our friends? There's a whole world that couldn't see their friends. Everyone didn't succumb to that. Everyone didn't get mental disorders, a few did. So what does this show us? Possibility. I can understand if everyone got mentally hammered, then yep, it's a genuine problem, but everyone didn't. So it gives us hope and possibility to work with our weaknesses, with our areas of opportunity and to optimize our strengths. And that's why we look always at data we always look at data. I'll give you a simple example. Lung cancer, people blame it on air pollution. You and me and everyone's breathing the same air. Shouldn't we all have lung cancer? But we don't, right? We don't because there are many other factors. If we, said, if we say that pollution is killing people with lung cancer, everyone should be dying. But the, possible, the, 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 the actual fact is everyone isn't, which gives us as human beings hope, signs of possibilities that there is some way of living Amidst pollution, that is not making us sick. So now the past is the past. It's how we move forward. Now, everyone who suffered during the pandemic, the teenagers and went through it, look at it not as suffering, but what lessons can you take from your past? Who were you being in the pandemic? And what can we change? What lessons can we take away so that we can create an extraordinary present? And by creating an an extraordinary present, that defines exactly how our future is going to be.
0: Look, I completely agree with you. The past is past, the present is the present, and living in the present is what will allow us to make a better future, which further leads me to the next question. What is your advice to those teams on how to build back the immunity post-COVID? All right,
1: so immunity is very simple. There are four factors. It's not about having more turmeric, garlic, onions, green vegetables. That's important, but it's not everything. There are four fundamentals that I want every student and teenager to understand, because this is what is going to form your base for your entire life. You're not going to be a teenager forever, right? We're all going to grow up and become adults. So these are the four fundamentals. Fundamentals are very important. So when you speak to an engineer, a doctor, a scientist, the fundamentals are important. If the fundamentals are working, then we can build. If the fundamentals are out of place, complication, sophistication, will never solve the problem until the fundamentals are in place. So the fundamentals to a good immune system, number one, nutrition. It doesn't mean you cannot have junk. It doesn't mean you can't have a dessert or a bag of chips. The point is how much? If my diet is 95% natural, which means I'm eating my fruits, my vegetables, my nuts, my seeds, my grains, my proteins, my fats, which is primarily what humans need to survive and thrive. The balance five to 10%, of course, enjoy your junk. We're not talking about extremes here. I'm not here to preach to you that the healthiest people in the world do not have junk. The healthiest and fittest children, teenagers, adults, and even senior citizens living at 95 years old have a life of balance. They know how to draw their boundaries and draw their lines. They enjoy an ice cream. They enjoy a dessert, a bag of chips, but they're also keeping the fundamentals in place. So nutrition is your first fundamental. Like I said, your fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, all of that, minimize junk. If 90% of your diet is junk and 10% is natural, you're bound to have problems, which is a low immune system. And because you have a low immune system, you're vulnerable to every possible disease and syndrome that exists out there because your immune system is the first and last line of defense in the human body. Think of it that way. Your immune system is the army, the air force, air force, and the Navy. If you have a weak army, you have stronger enemies. It's the same thing with viruses and bacteria. So that's the first fundamental. Your nutrition, eating, right quantity, right quality, right time. Not overeating. Overeating is a big problem. And that's where I have a problem with junk food. The problem is not the junk food. The problem are the people eating the junk food. They're eating it at wrong timings, too much of it all the time. That's the problem. The second fundamental is your movement and exercise. Whether you're a student or you're an adult, movement is what keeps the body surviving and thriving. I'm not saying you got to join a gym. I'm saying you got to be active. The more active you are, the more blood circulation you have. The more blood circulation, the more nutrients and oxygen that you carry, the trillions of cells that is necessary for your immune system and overall health. So whether you like to dance, play football, soccer, basketball, do aerobics, aerial, that's up to you. But you need consistent movement. The third fundamental is your sleep. Sleep is everything. Sleep is the most powerful drug on this planet. And it is the most underrated performance drug as well. Okay, I understand as students and teenagers, of course, our sleep is going to be compromised when we have late night projects and exams. All of us went through it. But what happens when you don't have that? You sleep. You build good sleep habits. It's as simple as that. Even for the young teenager, adult who starts the party and go out, that's your Friday night. That's your Saturday night. What about Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? You have opportunity to sleep. So you see, I'm not saying that you've got to sleep every night. I'm, going to, I'm trying to say that you've got to build a good cycle during the week and during the exam time, your body will adapt for you to study. We all did it. I did. My generation, my, the previous generation did it. We stayed up late at night, woke up early to study. So it's not impossible. Everyone didn't get sick doing that because when the exams are over, you move back to a great cycle of sleep. So sleep is primary. I can tell you right now, right now, and this is, of course, going on record that 90 percent of the lifestyle diseases, can be prevented or can, be, can move into recovery mode if people sleep better. Of course, if you need to take your meds, take your meds, do all of that stuff, but sleep is everything. And the fourth fundamental is your emotional state of mind, your mental health, mind over matter. Stress is good for us, a little bit of stress, okay? Day-to-day stress, great. If you didn't have the stress of getting into university, you wouldn't focus on your studies, right? So that's a good stress. Because you know that I need to get a particular grade to get into a particular college, for example. If a businessman didn't have the stress for his business to do well, to make money for his livelihood, he wouldn't do it. So stress is a good thing. The bad thing that causes 99% of the diseases, 100% of the disease, is chronic stress. When your stress becomes chronic, you're living with it every day. You're living with negative emotions like sadness, anger, guilt betrayal, hurt, resentment, all of these, it's in you, it's festering in you, it lowers your immune system. If you have a low immune system, you already know what can happen. So in emotional wellness, the fundamental, we focus on being happy. We focus on making decisions that revolve around happiness and peace. This doesn't mean that life is without suffering. The problem today, in most generations today, like the the millennials, Gen Z's, actually I shouldn't say that, even adults, is the problem of entitlement children, teenagers, people think they're entitled to only happiness. But let me tell you right now, life will give you sadness, resentment, hurt, betrayal, anger, envy, jealousy, all the seven deadly sins. It will give you struggles. It will give you failure. It will give you mistakes. And the point is, if you think that you're only entitled to the good part of life, when life throws you the bad stuff, you crumble emotionally. You crumble emotionally. It's like a teenager going through a breakup. Whoever told you That love has to last forever. Whoever told you that the first love in your life has to be the person you die with? But you go in with this entitlement because you consume social media, music, movies that give you that picture, that perfect picture. But remember, separate the two. That's only a movie. That's a script. That's only a song. Those are lyrics. That's only social media. Someone trying to show you the happy part of their life without showing you the bad part of their life. But you begin to think and make an ideal in your mind that that's the perfect life. And you know right now that life isn't perfect. Look all around you. Look at nature. Nature isn't perfect. Look at the weeds, parasites that grow around trees, robbing nutrition from the trees. And then they decompose. They become dead leaves. They die. And you have new life. That is nature. It's not perfect. The same thing with human beings. So most mental health problems are created. Most, not all. Some are very genuine. You have a serotonin, dopamine imbalance, a chemical imbalance, all of that. You need treatment. You need medical treatment. You need therapy. That's a small part of it. Most of of the other mental health problems are created by the way we think. If we think we're entitled and we jump into love, we give it our best and we fail, and now you want to kill yourself, you want to beat yourself down, ask yourself, whoever told you it has to last forever. So you go in with caution You don't go in with your all. You build healthy relationships and you may lose that too. So we got to be okay. Life has to teach us, our teachers, our parents. We need to teach ourselves that nothing lasts forever and that we are not entitled to anything. When we wake up with this every single day, we prepare ourselves. We prepare ourselves for the real world, for the real world. Today, there are a lot of parents pampering their kids all the time. I love you. I love you. You're the best. You're amazing, whatever. And the kid grows up with that, which is good, which is fine. But the parents also need to tell you that when you step out into the real world, everyone doesn't have to love you. You will not be amazing to everyone. You will not be the best to everyone. But you keep thinking that about yourself. But if you go out there expecting everyone to love you and pamper you like your parents, that's when you fail. And that's when you say, oh, my boss is bad. This is bad. That's bad because no one has to like you. No one has to love you. Not everyone has to, a few people do, not everyone else. And then you crumble emotionally, you crumble mentally, you need therapy, you need medication only because your ideal was busted, only because your ideal was busted. So emotional wellness is such a huge topic for us and a lot of mental illness can be prevented by changing our perceptions, limiting thought processes, limiting belief systems, all of these things. Let me give you a classic example of a child or a teenager who has not had the best childhood. Maybe parents were not too good, whatever it is. Now, a lot of these teenagers and adults, okay, yes, I wish you had a great one, but now as you become a young adult, you need to understand that's your past. How can you move into your life without blaming your parents anymore and you turning out to be the best individual so that one day when you're a parent, you don't make the same mistakes as your parents. There are kids that have grown up into adults who still blame their failure in life on their parents. Your parents did the best they could, the best they knew. That chapter's over now. It could have been better. Take therapy if you need to get over it. But now you have a whole life ahead of you. You choose to make it or break it, but you can't let your past and your limiting beliefs pull you down. So you see all of this is connected with mental health. While meditation, chanting, exercise, all of these are great. The only way you can fix your problem is by facing the root cause of it, understanding the root cause and working with that. So the fourth fundamental is emotional wellness, and now you've got to tie these four fundamentals in, and you have a great, smart immune system that works for you. That's how it is.
0: Thank you, Leo. Your analogy is and your advice will surely help our listeners. This leads me to our next question. You're a strong advocate of eating right. Unfortunately, kids our age are away from home at least ten to twelve hours every day, either in school after school classes or extracurricular activities. Take my own example. Some days I'm out at six in the morning and come back at eight o'clock in the night. How can all our meals be balanced and we be encouraged and educated on healthy eating options? Please help us understand some options which teens can make as lifestyle changes to have a healthy mind and a healthy body. In these cases, we do our best because we can't control our timings,
1: we can't control the quality of food, so we do our best. Today, we're living, in, we're, we're living in, at a time where there are also healthy snacks available. There are healthy chips, there's healthy popcorn, there's healthy macana. there are nuts, there are seeds, there are fruits that can be carried. There are so many things that we can carry with us in case we don't have access to a good meal. We must work with schools in order to improve the cafeteria menus, So at least while we're at school, while we're at university, we are able to use good opportunity, you know, good uh, choices of food as well. So it's not a problem. Like I said, as teenagers, your schedules are going to be all over the place. So I'm not going to preach to you that you should eat at this particular time at that time. But yet we can maintain some of the fundamentals, the choice of food. We can carry fruits with us. We can carry nuts and seeds. We can carry even a healthy chocolate bar if we want. We can carry macanas. We can carry air popped popcorn, not microwave popcorn. Microwave popcorn is the worst thing for your health. Remember that, the worst thing for your health. But you can pop, you can popcorn at home in your kitchen. It takes you less than two to three minutes and you can add so many natural flavors that are available. We can do all of these things. Today there are healthy cookies available. There are healthy bags of chips available. So when you learn to read ingredients, you can make these choices. It exists. And that's why we, we created a platform, you know, just to tell you about it, exactly for this. People will look, what do we buy? What do we shop? So we, we, during the pandemic, this became a huge issue. People didn't know what to buy. So we created a simple, small e-commerce platform called UKLifestyle.com. And what we did is we invited vendors who are doing great stuff from snacks to cookies to cakes to everything that's great. And our nutritionists and our doctors verified every product and put it on that platform. So once you get on that platform, you can buy what you want because it's all approved by nutritionists and doctors. So now you can go and shop for what you want over there. Students can, parents can. We just try to make it easy because we know all the big e-commerce sites use algorithms to, you know, change your mind based on price, deep discounting. It confuses you. So we put all of that in place, but there are several opportunities. Like I said, it's a choice. If you as a teenager decide today, I want to make healthy choices, you will find enough of options to help you, even though you have the most erratic schedule to continue to live healthy. And like I said, if, if I'm in the middle of Mumbai city and I'm hungry and it's been five hours and my only choice is a samosa, what am I going to do? I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat the samosa because that's once in a week and I'm going to go back home and have my healthy food. So there's always a balance. We shouldn't be scared of that. We shouldn't be scared to have a little bit of junk, food, sugar, as long as the four fundamentals are working in the shadow, in parallel.
0: Okay, Luke, you've certainly given us food for thought. Now, excusing that poor joke, let's go to the next question. Long hours at night to complete school assignments or prepare for tests and a scrolling finger on social (laughs) media platforms, leaves us with no time to exercise. What is all your advice to all those teens who have yet to follow an exercise routine?
1: You know, the most successful teens that I've worked with over the last couple of years from around the world, some of those teens have grown up to become young adults who are, who are today billionaires, They build unicorns. It's not about the money. It's not about the unicorns. But it's about overall success. They've done it by making time for exercise, sleep, food, and their emotional wellness. So they could do it, we can do it as well, right? The point is, when you go back to school, you had a timetable. Did you have a timetable when you were in the eight, 9, 10th? That's why school works so well for you. Because everything was planned. Your physical exercise, your sports, your physics, your chemistry, your literature, everything was a timetable. Till date, I'm, I, I'm 42 years old right now, but I still have a timetable. Because with a timetable, I have the luxury of extra time which I can use for whatever I want. But if I don't have a timetable, the day is going to control me. So if I, in my timetable, I put time for social media, I put time for Netflix, I put time for exercise, I put time for sleep. And at the end of the day, I still have extra time to use what I want. So when I work with even my clients today who are billionaires, royal family members, the first exercise I make them do is sit down, paper and pen, let's make a timetable. Because you say you don't have time. And after we do a 15 minute exercise of making a timetable, they have four to five hours, which was being mindlessly lost because they were not controlling it. It's like a budget. Why do you budget money? Why do companies budget money? Your own school will have a budget, right? Because you know where your money's going. So over here, we have a time budget so that we know where our time is going. So as a teenager, like I said, you'll have late nights, that's fine. If you can't do a one hour workout, you can do 30 minutes. If you can't do 30 minutes, you can do 15 minutes. If you can't do 15 minutes, there's even a four-minute workout called Tabata. T-A-B-A-T-A. Google it. YouTube. Four minutes. You can find four minutes in your day, right? So everything is possible. It comes down to your mind over matter again. How badly do I want to achieve this? Is it my priority? Let's say there are 10 of you, uh, 10 students in a class, and I come and give each of you, uh, you know, you're 13 years old, what could I give you that's like i come and uh, i'm just thinking of what do you like what's valuable to you give me an example most what's valuable times
0: to you? teenagers we like chocolates we like video games we like flashy accessories okay yeah. good flashy accessories let's say i come and give ten of you you know the
1: most expensive flashy accessories okay do i have to motivate you to look after it no, no. Do I have to motivate you to look after the latest technology video game? No. Why? Because you've assigned value to it, right? So when people need to be motivated for their health, to eat right, sleep right, exercise, it's because they've not assigned value to their health. So when you assign value to your health, like you've assigned value to those flashy accessories, you automatically look after it, right? You don't need motivation, you're inspired. You're inspired. So coming back to that, that's exactly what it is. So chocolates, example. If you've assigned too much of value to chocolates, then that's going to become most of what you eat. You can assign a little value to chocolate because you like it. But you can assign more value to healthy food as well. So you get the best of both. Something that can look after your mental health and physical health. And you feel happy because you can eat chocolate. So it's all about assigning value and assigning assigning value to whatever it is that you want to achieve in life. So someone assigns value to drugs and alcohol, what do you think is going to be predominant in their life? Drugs and alcohol, right? That's how it is. So again, it comes down to mind over matter. And that's why I like the name of your show. It's fantastic.
0: Thank you. I will surely integrate your advice into my own schedule. And I believe that this will truly be helpful to our audience. Mental health disorders in students is a complex issue that requires coordinated effort and multi-level approach from parents, schools, healthcare organizations, digital media platforms, and community outreach. What is your advice to each and every one of them? Okay, let's start with who? Call out who should we start with? Schools, because they're what we primarily look at. All right, so so I, I think schools, I mean, I have full respect
1: for teachers and schools. I mean, you know, it's our fundamentals for moving on in life. I think schools should have a very holistic approach to children today and to teenagers. Okay, while we teach, you know, physics and chemistry, we need to teach life. We need to teach people, you know, values about entitlement. We need to have more value education. We need to teach children about food, about lifestyle, about exercise, about the importance of it, not just there's a PE class, you got to go and do it. We need to understand the whys of everything. We need financial education in school as well. It needs to start in school, not later not later. It should start in school. Teenagers should know how to handle a budget. You know how to invest pocket money, save it, enjoy it. Financial education is very important because it leads to independence later. Okay, we also need to teach people life. I call them life lessons. While we learn physics, chemistry, geography, and all of that stuff, life lessons, like how do we handle pain? How do we handle sadness? How do we handle jealousy? How do we build happiness amid I think a holistic education that revolves around health and mental health is what most schools and most schools are doing it now, which is great. But there has to be more focus, because while we might have the best grades, we need to be empowered on how to handle life when we step out. Relationships should also be taught in school, because today children are getting into relationships. So what teenagers. How do you build healthy relationships? We need a fantastic focus on sex education as well. Like in the most open and most solid way possible. I think there's so much of scope, so much of scope for a solid module on sex education and lifestyle to be taught as well. Because if you look at the problems in the world today, they revolve around all of these things which teenagers are trying to figure out as they're growing. What if it could be put into a structure and taught to children and taught to teenagers? So I, I feel to schools, that's my advice. Focus on food as well. Because if you want your kids to concentrate, if you want your kids to really grasp, food plays a huge role in your brain health. It's as simple. Your brain is what you eat. As simple as that. You're having too many, you know, bad carbs and sugar. You have a lethargic brain. You can't. In fact, your kids are going to worry you in class. They're they're going to be hyper and all of that stuff. So I think it's very important to bring all of these things into school education. What's the next one? Healthcare organizations. Healthcare organizations, yes, very, very important today. Healthcare organizations mainly focus on symptoms, not the root cause. We're very good in healthcare to give you a tablet for everything that you need. Yeah, you have a headache, take a tablet. You have a pain, take a tablet. But what about the root cause of the problem? Oh, you have a headache because you're sleep deprived. You have a headache because you're dehydrated. You're not drinking sufficient water. So fix that. I'm not saying don't take the tablet. But when you fix the root cause, you don't need the tablet anymore. So actually, healthcare today, a lot of healthcare has become sick care. They're just good at maintaining sickness or alleviating the symptoms, but not addressing the root cause. So, healthcare has to become more holistic where you treat the symptom, but you also address the root cause of the problem. It's the same thing with mental health. Oh, these are all your symptoms here. Take an anti anxiety medication. I don't have a problem with your professional giving you a medication, but are they teaching you to address the root cause of the problem? So, at some point, you can even get off the medication. So, that's my message for healthcare.
0: Digital media platforms, what are your thoughts towards them?
1: Digital media, I don't have a message for them. I have a message for the people using it. There is nothing wrong with social media. There is everything wrong with the person using social media. Social media can construct and it can destruct. If you go in mindlessly on social media, it is going to consume you. If you put influencers on a pedestal, let me tell you right now as a teenager, If you can allow someone to influence your mind, you've handed over your remote control of emotions to someone else who you don't even know. It's glorified. The point is, use social media to gain knowledge, to see, to understand, take what you need and build your extraordinary life. How can someone influence you? You need to follow someone who can inspire you, inspire you to action, to change, not influence you to buy a product, influence you to do something which is instant gratification or a quick fix that's what's deteriorating your mental health so influencing is probably the most poisonous thing on social media right now look for inspiration follow people's sites on the internet where you're getting knowledge that can help you build yourself and build whatever dream you have and purpose you have everything like mindless scrolling is your board The algorithm is designed for you to mindlessly scroll. And each time you see something, let me tell you something. There is no one enlightened in this world who cannot say, I'm not absorbing this. Everything you see is going into your subconscious mind. So all the bodies that you're seeing and saying, oh, I wish I had that body. I wish I had that car. I wish I was smart as that person. It's going into your subconscious mind. And that becomes your suffering. That becomes the stem of the problem of your mental problems. But if you can go onto social media with awareness and mindfulness, that is so much better for you. You can actually use it to your advantage. So that's my message for social media.
0: Lastly, but not leastly, the ones who influence children's life the most, the parents. What is your advice to them? Parents need to inspire, not influence. Not influence.
1: Now, parents, understand, I'm a parent too. There is no perfect parent. Like there's no perfect kid, like there's no perfect adult. Okay, no one gets trained on how to become a parent. You learn along the journey. You learn to be a parent along the journey. But what holds you are your values. What holds you is how you look at your child. Today, a lot of insecurity and security exists in parenthood. So a parent who cannot spend time with their children will constantly buy them gadgets and things and stuff because they feel bad they're not giving the child time and attention. Now, that needs to change. I'm not saying don't buy your kids stuff, but also make it, in a, make it a point to give them attention and love. Because every child and teenager needs security, love, attention, period. It's not because Luke's saying it. It's what science is. It's what the human mind is. You take away three of these things from a child. You will have tantrums. You will have children and teenagers leaning towards drugs and alcohol and mindless sex and all of that stuff. Because they will look for what they don't get from the parents outside you will find what you don't get from your parents outside. Now, the point is, like I said, parents are busy today, working parents, it's fine. But make that timetable, because even you can find time for your children. You can make decisions which are good for your family. You can't tell your kids don't drink Coca-Cola, but you're sitting on the weekend drinking with your friends and your kids can see that. You can't tell lecture your children about alcohol when they see you binge drinking on the weekend. The point is, Parents have to lead by example. Teachers have to lead by example. It's as simple as that. So if you want to create a culture of health in your family, it starts with the parents involving the children and saying today, we're going to change the health in our family. This is what we're going to do Monday to Friday. If we want to deserve a weekend where we can go out, have some food, have some ice cream and have a good time. Monday to Friday, we do this, 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 this. So you work as a family. You involve your children it's not different for the parents it's not different for the kids so it's different it's difficult being a parent today it's also difficult being a teenager but the point is difficult is not impossible everything can be done with communication understanding and involvement and involvement so we need to understand that we need to understand that today when you know a, a lot of people come to me for counseling before having children is Do you think we should have a parent i ask them what are you willing to sacrifice if you want to become a parent?" And a lot of them, are. we don't want to sacrifice anything. I say, don't have a child. Because you you are going to have to sacrifice time. You you are going to have to sacrifice some of the things that you're doing today when you don't have a child. If you're not willing to sacrifice that, don't have a child because it's unfair to you and it's unfair to the child. So it is very important for us to understand that there's a whole load of people out there, you know, saying that, oh, parents should have their freedom. Children should have their freedom. It doesn't work that way. Sacrifice. Is a part of everyone's life. You as a teenager, you're sacrificing sleep to study to get a better grade. You sacrifice going out on the weekends to study to get a better grade, right? There is sacrifice part of everyone's life. And sacrifice is a part of holistic success. So don't let anyone ever tell you that you can have it all. You can't. You gotta put in the hard work, you gotta put in the sacrifice, you've got to be okay with mistakes and failures, and you gotta focus on what is going well for you. That is the recipe for
0: success. I completely agree with your idea of sacrifice and I will try integrating a timetable into my own schedule as I believe that it will help me and the rest of the viewers a lot. That further leads me to my next question. Our listeners must be curious to know, as a father of a young daughter, what are a few things you particularly like to take care of in terms of her growing years?
1: So My daughter is eight years old. I'm learning along the way. Uh, everyone thinks I'm very strict with my daughter because I'm into nutrition and medicine and stuff, but I'm not, we make, we make, uh, I've involved her in the process till the age of five. She never tasted sugar. She never tasted chocolate because she couldn't understand it. But after that, when she could ask questions, I've started allowing it to have it because the whole point is never not allowing a kid to have it, but giving it to them with understanding. So today my daughter, if she eats chocolate. She also knows that it's okay in a small quantity, but too much is going to cause a problem. So it's always about educating children with awareness, with logic, with reasoning. Never like, don't eat this. Don't eat this because I'm the parent. I said not to eat it, so don't eat it. No, your children will eat it. They'll break the rule. Me as an adult, I'll break the rule if someone says no. So the point is, what we need to understand is involve them in the process. That's what I do with my daughter. So she have, we have a Monday to Friday, no sugar, no junk, nothing. Sometimes on a Wednesday, you know, she'll say, look, I, I feel like having this. So I'll say, okay, which, which one day do you want to sacrifice? she saying, I'll have it on Wednesday but then I won't have it on Sunday. So you see, we're constantly communicating. We're constantly negotiating and everyone's happy. And what else do I do with my daughter? Sleep is non-negotiable. She's in bed at 8.30 and, and you know, one or two nights, she's been up late and she feels horrible the next day. So I sit her down and I said, do you like how you feel? No, do you know why you feel this way? Because I slept late. So you know, you try, to, you, you try to teach children through real life examples. I encourage my daughter to be naughty. I encourage her to be very naughty and adventurous, but in a respectful way. Because I believe that that inner child is killed in too many children today. Too many children. And even as adults, you have an inner child. You shouldn't kill it. It's what keeps you young. It's what keeps your hormones healthy, your body healthy, your skin, your hair. Children should be playful. They should be allowed to explore safely with guidance. They should be allowed to be naughty. They should be allowed to express themselves, but in a respectful way. So we teach them all of these things. This is my, da- you know, my story with my daughter. It doesn't have to be someone else's story. Like I said, it's a new journey for me as well. But we try to keep it as transparent as possible. We try to keep it. You know, I've done a lot of unconventional things. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I like to be honest. I don't like to sugarcoat anything I say. So when my daughter was six years old, she knows every single bad word that exists. Every single bad word. Because my logic was very simple. So she'll listen to gangster rap, she'll do everything. But she knows these words are disrespectful. She knows that these words are limiting and they don't serve her. Because my understanding is when she hears these words for the first time when she's nine, 10, there's a thrill in it. And then children start to use this. But I've taken away the thrill from it. So she knows every possible bad word. When she hears it for the first time, she's like, yeah, that's how it is. You know, so my whole point is this is what I'm trying with my daughter. Like, you know, I, this, son, this Saturday, I'm going to have a sex education class with her and I'm taking the class. Before someone can teach her about sex and a body of a woman and a man, maybe in a way which I don't think is right or which is, you know, in someone else's opinion, I'm going to do the class with her. I'm going to teach her about sex education, about a body, how babies are born, what intercourses and everything. Yeah, she's only eight. But before she learns it the wrong way, I'm going to teach her to her the right way. So these are decisions I make as a parent for my daughter. Like I said, right, wrong, I don't know. I follow my gut instinct. It feels right. My wife agrees with it. As a team, this is what we're going to do with our daughter. And if it works, great. I'll write a book on it one day. That's how it is.
0: Luke, I'm very inspired by what you just said right now. And I believe that the young adults and the teenagers who will be listening to this podcast will be too. And that leads me to my next question. You talked a lot about the sleep in this previous question. So we're curious to know, as most of your blogs and podcasts strongly advocate sleep, please tell us more about it and its benefits.
1: So sleep is everything. You want to grow? You need to sleep. You want your hormones to be in balance? You need to sleep. You want clear skin, no acne, pimples, all of that stuff? You need to sleep. You've got to also eat well and drink water. Okay. You want muscle growth because a lot of teenagers get into building their body. You need to sleep. You need a strong immunity, you need to sleep. It is everything. Everything magical in the human body happens when you're in a state of complete rest, which is sleep. So sleep is a free medicine, powerful medicine available to us free of cost. But we only got to use it. And there are distractions like Netflix telling you, you know, Netflix, whatever you know, their statement, their mission statement is to make sure people don't sleep. That's what their mission statement is. So we provide you content to ensure you don't sleep. That's what we're up against. People think it's cool, but they don't understand by doing that. You are creating innumerable diseases. A lot of children, young teenagers, girls, they have PCOS and hormonal issues. Guys as well, they have not PCOS. They have juvenile diabetes, excessive fat. Do you think that's how we should be when we're teenagers? No, something's going wrong. So we can fix it with lifestyle. Sleep is one of them. Like I said, you're, you're a teenager. There are going to be nights, you're going to be awake. Like That's fine. But what about the other nights? That's in your control, right? So that's what we're going to focus
0: on. Thank you, Luke. I believe that this talk about sleep will allow most of the viewers to get their sleep cycle in order and will also allow me to be able to do better in school and my extracurriculars. Luke, in today's teenagers, eating disorders are prevalent everywhere. Mm-hmm. The diet culture messes up with mental health. A destructive relationship with food comes with low self esteem. What is your advice to all those people who suppress the eating urge to look good in other people's eyes through a restrictive diet?
1: So, number one, again, it starts with perception. Because young girls and boys, or even adults, they equate success, love, Happiness with how they look. That's where the problem is. So, if you equate or your happiness feeling loved, feeling strong emotionally is dependent on your weight and how you look, what's going to happen every time it changes? Because the body is going to change. That means your happiness, your love, how you feel loved, how you feel accepted is always going to be ups and downs, roller coasters. No, it's nice to have a nice body if you want to. It's your choice, but never equate your body with your self-worth, because you will always have low self-worth. A lot of this fad culture has unfortunately extended from the parents. So when a child, when a teenager sees his mom or dad all the time in the mirror, oh no, I'm fat. oh no, I can't go out, I'm looking horrible, I got a pimple. The child begins to think that to be accepted in society, I need to have clear skin. I need to have a size zero figure. I need to have a six pack, I need to have muscles. So the child picks this up from the parents' behavior. So it's so important for parents to accept themselves first. Well, lose that extra weight because extra weight is not good for you. Lose it, but you don't have to make a big drama about it. You don't have to go to extremes while you're saying that, okay, I've put on weight. Now all, all of us in the family, we need to make sure we don't do this. So these are the lifestyle changes we make. You do it together. But the social culture outside, people, young girls think they will only be accepted if they're skinny thin. Young guys think today that I need to have a six pack for a girl to love me. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. When you really, really ask a mature woman or a mature man or even a mature girl or a mature boy what they really want from either partner, it's far from the body. It's nice to have an attractive body. That's because all your Bollywood movies and Hollywood movies only show you the best bodies falling in love. So everyone thinks that, oh, I'm attractive only if I have a great body. I'm saying it's nice. I like to have a great body because I feel good. I like how I feel. That's how it is. But I don't use my body to you know, uh, you know, uh, drive success for me. So the whole point is young girls and boys. Yes, you're in that phase. You will. When I was, when I was 14 and 15, I would go and take my dad's dumbbells and think I'll build on this, muscles and look cool and stuff like that. But the point is don't lose yourself in that. Do not get into fat extremes. If your parents are in fat extreme diets, you as a kid, please tell them they're damaging their health. If they're trying to get quick fixes, OK, you get the result, but it's not, not going to last forever. So all their life, they're going to yo, 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 yo. It's easy to lose weight. It's easy to
0: stay healthy. Remember the four fundamentals? We just keep them at. We this just keep them Last last question now. I'm curious, what is that one piece of advice you would give to your teenage self? I think
1: it would just be to be myself, but to be grounded always to be grounded. You know, as a teenager, I grew up in Goa and Goa at that point was a hippie time we were exposed to drugs, we were exposed to every single thing. Okay, but the point is how grounded you are. If you think drugs, alcohol, mindless sex is going to make you successful or feel happy, you're highly mistaken. So as a teenager, be yourself. There will be people who accept you. And there will be people who do not accept you. Be with the ones who accept you truly for who you are. Because let me tell you, You could be the most handsome guy in class and the most prettiest girl in class. But even them, they're not accepted by everyone. Everyone doesn't have to accept everyone. So the best, easiest part in life is be yourself. Know what your purpose in life is. Let your purpose in life have someone or something to serve. If you want to be a happy teenager and a happy adult, I mean, enjoy your teenage years. Do what you want. Experiment. Be grounded. Don't hurt anyone. Don't do it disrespectfully. But experiment, do it. You're a teenager. Everyone's done, including your parents. But the point is with mindfulness, with awareness. So I encourage teenagers also build in five to 10 minutes of meditation. It's a beautiful thing. It teaches you how to be mindful and live your life with consciousness and
0: awareness. Thank you, Luke. For a valuable time, it truly means a lot. We are committed to the mental health of teens. Your contribution through this podcast will surely educate our listeners. To all our listeners, do stay tuned to our channel as we bring you more on mental health matters. Gratitude, Agassi Garadia. Thank you again. All right. Thank you. Take care. Good.